Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision. And hopefully, you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. We all came into this world with a destiny, with a purpose. Some will fulfill theirs, and some will have theirs amputated. That's not God's plan or purpose for their lives, but because they don't know. And how can you fulfill what you don't know? Years ago, I preached a message titled Atmosphere for Heavenly Vision. I want to appeal to you to locate the tape before you go. Atmosphere for Heavenly Vision. Because destiny is not something you create. It's something you discover. You cannot manufacture it. And until you know it, and if you don't know it till you die, you'll just be part of a wasted generation. Tell your neighbor, find out why you were born. Before you die. Turn your Bible with me to Isaiah. I'll read two portions of Isaiah. And then I'll go into Revelation. And then I will introduce the speaker. Come with me to Isaiah 22. I want you to see what it looks like. Not only for you. For the entire church. For prophets, for apostles, for congregation members. Who just come in Sunday, in Sunday out. Wednesday in, Wednesday out. And sometimes vigil. And nothing happens in their lives. Isaiah chapter 29, verse number 9 to 14. Isaiah 29, 9 to 14. Pause and wonder. Blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of their sleep. And has closed your eyes, namely the prophets. And he has covered your heads, namely the seers. When the prophets don't see, the prophets don't hear, the seers don't see, there is trouble. The Bible says, surely the Lord God will do nothing except he first reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. The secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. When you don't know what you are going through and why you are going through it, you are intoxicated. You are confused, you are confounded, you are staggering. But what shocks me is verse 11. Give me verse 11. The whole vision as we come to you like the words of a book. Give it to me in KJV. He said the vision of all. The vision of all. The vision of all. Your vision. My vision. What we are here to do. The vision of all is to come unto you as the words of a book that is sealed. Which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I'm not learned. Do you understand? The vision of all is closed. It's bound with seals. And it's given to a man who is learned, like Elvis with PhD, in a narrow field. What field did you study? Strategic leadership is so narrow. PhD is a narrow subject. You don't understand that. You take a, a tiny part of a major thing and major in it. I'm not saying you major in mind. I'm not saying leadership is not important. But there's no PhD that covers all fields in life. It's not possible. The vision of all has become like a book that is sealed. And it's given to a man who is learned. He says, I cannot. This is sealed. 
And it's not given to a man who did not go to school at all. And say, I cannot. Because why are they going through that next verse? What is the reason why God is not revealing it? Next verse. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths, and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men, or the commandment of men. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among these people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. So when their understanding is hidden, their wisdom is perished, what are they going to do? How are they going, are they going to steer the shape of the nation? In whatever leadership position they find themselves, if the blind leads the blind, they end up in the ditch. I said to some people in the course of the week, I said, I'm not sure Jesus ever contemplated Nigeria. He's omniscient, but I'm not sure he thought of Nigeria when he made the statement, if the blind leads the blind, they end up in the ditch. Because nobody will imagine that the blind will lead those who see. But that's our situation here. Those who have no clue, you find them in local government, you find them in state government, you find them in federal government, so all they do is just go in there, take as much as you can, it's your turn. Go to Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56, verse 9 to 12. It's not just congregation members. Look at what it says about his watchmen. All you beasts of the field come to devour. All you beasts in the forest, they can be serpents, they can be anything, they are beasts. His watchmen are blind. They are all what? Ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot back, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain, from his own territory. Come, one says, I'll bring wine, and we'll fill ourselves with intoxicating drink. Tomorrow will be as today, and much more abundant. So when you are enjoying life, and you are not paying the price to seek the face of the Lord, to know what is in heart, you know what the Bible says in Jeremiah? It said, the pastors have become brutish. I will scatter their, sh- their flock. I appeal to you this season, be alert and be alive. This is not the time to meander and wander and go from place to place and just enjoy party. No, we are, we are, we are in the throes of, of, of almost economic collapse. And God will have to step into the terrain to help his own. Can I hear? Amen. Amen. Now, we just read Isaiah. said, the vision of all is sealed. It's a book that is closed. Ask how many people in church have found their purpose. They just wake up, dress up, go to work, come back, go to church, come back, socialize, come back. They do not know the reason why they are here. So how do you then locate what is sealed, whether you are learned or not? Sealed, and you can't, how do you find out your destiny? Revelation chapter 5, there's an atmosphere for it. There's an enabling atmosphere that will cause you not only to locate your destiny, but to receive grace to fulfill it. The first major message I preached in this hall in 1989 was, I will reach my goal, I will fulfill my destiny. Revelation chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. KJV say a book. Scripture interprets scripture. Give it to me in KJV. It says a book. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book, reading Written how? Within and on the backside. Sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof? You are coming from Isaiah, you are landing in Revelation. The book is written, the book is sealed, it's closed. You cannot read it, whether you are landed or not, because it's sealed. It's coded. And so one is sitting on the throne, holding the book, or the vision of all. 
And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. If going to read PhD, DSC, I'm not despising education. I hope you understand that. Uh, I read a bit. And the one I know get, then dash me. You understand me? Okay. Like Ezekiel, MSC, he get him. BSC, he get him. MSC, he get him. The one you know get, they dash him. Have you seen professors who are really broke? And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. No man! And one of the elders said unto me, weep not. Tell your neighbor, weep not. This morning, God is going to create an atmosphere for you, not only to locate your purpose, but to receive grace to fulfill it. Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Are you ready to dance? Are you ready to rejoice? Let's read. And I beheld low in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Seven spirits, seven seals. If you don't have those dimensions, you can't access them. That's not where I'm going. Listen to this. I'm talking about atmosphere first. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lord, having every one of them harps, golden vears full of odors, which are the prayers of sin. What is the first atmosphere to begin to step into that place where the seal will be broken? And you will understand prayers. What's the second atmosphere? Let's read further. And they sang what? A new song. Saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. But thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. I can read on or you can take time to read. The second atmosphere is worship. Whereas people are seeking God, God is seeking worshipers. If you step up the tempo of your prayer life to begin to Ask God to reveal what is in the heart towards you, to you. Then your life will take on meaning. Do you understand me? This is why we are profiling David. I started last Sunday. He understood purpose. He set priority. And he became productive. He was a man after God's heart. He was a worshiper. He was a prayer warrior. He knew how to pray. If you don't pray, you become a prey. You understand me? You need to saturate your Live your home with prayers and worship and just wait as God begins to show you this is the way working it. This is what I created you to do. Because if he doesn't reveal it to you, then he cannot hold you accountable that you do not fulfill it. He's not only going to reveal it to you, he's going to ensure that you receive grace to fulfill it. In Jesus' mighty name, can I hear amen? Amen. The lion... Of Judah has broken and has given us the victory again and again. The lion of Judah has broken every yoke. He has given us the victory again and again. The lion, the lion of Judah has broken. Your hands to heaven, Father. Let every veil be let every seal be removed. Reveal your heart and your heart be to the hearts of your people this day. How many people say there's more to my life than I've, than I have experienced? Lord, I want you to reveal next step, next level, next place, next scene. For to me, in the name of Jesus, I do not want to be part of a wasted generation. Lord, let the veil be removed from my eyes. In the name of Jesus, let the scales fall out. Just as you did to Saul to Saul of Tarsus, reveal your intent, purpose, will, everything to me, and grant me grace to fulfill it. In Jesus mighty name to permit this atmosphere with prayer and worship let's receive the ministry of my son 
uche chikwendo Praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody give him some praise this morning. Lift your hands and just worship him. He's awesome. He's glorious. There's God in this place. God, we worship you. 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 You deserve the glory. And the honor, Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. And the honor, Lord, we lift. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. Thank you, Jesus. As we we thank you for today my eyes are on you God I trust you for grace and strength to minister Lord and that your presence will permeate, permeate the atmosphere and you do that which only you can do have your way this morning let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you in Jesus name we pray let's have our seats Yesterday, I, my phone just started behaving funny. And all of a sudden, the screen just started flashing everything and I couldn't access anything. And my wife said, you might, this might be a hindrance. You might have an important message coming. Why not do something about it? I just removed the SIM from that phone and put it on another phone. So last night... You know, I was just saying, let me just check my phone and, and see, you know, I was working on the system. I said, actually, I wanted to open my phone and access my in-laws WhatsApp and send her a message. So when I, I just saw pastor's message, <laughs> that was what caught my attention. So I decided to open pastor's message and... You know, and I saw the message. You know, at that moment, I lost appetite. I, my wife said, my wife noticed that there was a change in my account. And I said, what is wrong? What, is there any, is there a bad news? Can I see the phone? I gave her the phone. She read it. She understood. And I was wondering, I said, oh my God, this is. I now sent message back to pastor. Do you want me to teach or to lead worship? <laughs> Actually, you know, I was in that state. I was, I lost appetite. I couldn't face any other thing. I just, I was so, I was overwhelmed. I said, where is this one coming from now? What? I was relaxed. I was it just all my relaxation just left. Everything I was doing, I couldn't concentrate again. And but my wife said, "You see what that phone would have cost you? Maybe I would have received the message this morning, or a pastor would have called me, or a pastor would call me and say, I hope you saw my message.' And what would I say? And there's nothing." I'm not here to impress anybody. I want to be real. 
Um, the presence of God is real. The power of God is real. Um, there are no two ways about it. Hallelujah. And most of us are going through things. You know, for the past 2017, 2018, 2019 has been the most difficult year of my life. The most difficult years. I've never been through this dimension before. And so when pastors sent the message, I was, I said, God. So when I came in this one, I was still hoping that pastor would preach. When he said, he started quoting the scripture, and I looked at the time, I said, ah, I'm, I'm in safe hands. <laughs> but you see, the Red Sea, you can wave the staff, and it will part. But when you get to Jordan, the place of death, you must step in. Hallelujah. You must step into Jordan for it to part. You know, while we were rehearsing on Thursday, it was on Thursday, right? We were rehearsing, and I told them, I started declaring some things about what the presence of God can do, what the power of God can do. I was just, while we were praying. And then yesterday, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, my friend, go and cut your hair. He's looking very bushy. I said, what do you mean? I can carry it like that. It's not. He said, go and cut your hair. So I went to the barber. He said, you didn't come with your clip. I said, no, I just had a leading to cut it. So he said, you know, I, it was like God was preparing everything without my knowing because God knows the future you don't know the future that's why you have to depend on God to guide you, to navigate into that future David did not know the future David did not know he was going to be a king, but God knew hallelujah, God knew you know, it's the, the, the I'm overwhelmed actually I'm trying to get myself and because I've not done this in a while. But God is able. God is awesome. God is powerful. I think I will just decide to pick an aspect of this message and look at the power of God's presence. Hallelujah. Because God's presence is so powerful. You know, if you look at First Samuel chapter 5, can we go there please? First Samuel chapter 5. From verse 1. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon falling on his face, on his face to the earth. Before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in his place. Hallelujah. In this place, there's a song I want to sing. Because some people carry their gods. Hallelujah. But my God carries me. I say my God carries me. They carry their God. They help their God. And they still don't understand that the God that you can help is not God. Let's let the God that has not created the heavens and the earth perish from under the heavens. You carry me when some carry their God. You feed me, Lord, when some feed their God. You fought for me when some fight for their God. Jesus, you know they use me play. You carry me when some carry their God. You feed me, Lord, when some feed their God. You fought for me. Jehovah, the covenant keeping God. 
animals cut them into two and keep them apart hallelujah that's a covenant of death Abraham could not do it in his power so God put him to sleep God had to, the fire of God had to walk through that covenant and you know why God had to honor his own word because Abraham gave God his son God had to give his own son too hallelujah let's have our seats The presence of God is so powerful. It's so powerful. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon falling on his face. You know, I, sometimes I pass through some junctions, you see some, some dishes that they've prepared for some gods because they don't know they are gone. They don't know. They don't know the real God. So they have to worship those things. Dagon was carried. Somebody say carried. Which God are you carrying? Because if your God is so small that you can put him in your pocket at the time. I remember one of the services here. Pastor said there's somebody tying something here like a snake. Because we're talking of heavenly vision also. God opening the eyes of the prophet. In the midst of service, he saw that. What happened to our own eyes? Why did you not see it? There are some foundations for true worship and true relationship with God. Hallelujah. I just hope I can teach. Why was David the man after God's own heart? Because if you look at Acts chapter 13 verse 22. Acts 13 verse 22. Acts 13 verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up from them David as king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Why did God reject King Saul? He rejected King Saul because he did not do the will of God. What does worship pretend? Worship means dying to your will. When Jesus got to Gethsemane and he came to the place of prayer, He said, not my will, but your will. There's an exchange of wills in the place of worship and in the place of prayer. You must die to your will. You must die. You don't come to God with a set mind. You don't come to God with a made up mind and say, God, I'm presenting this to you. Then you can as well go back. That's what most of us do. That's what most of us do. The power of God's presence is so awesome that there is nothing that God's presence cannot do for you. There's nothing. King Saul was sent to clear and kill the Amalekites. God gave him a commandment. And when he got to the Amalekites, he obeyed partial obedience is to tantamount to disobedience. He slaughtered every other thing but left the good things and told Samuel that they, that they brought those things to sacrifice. And he said in First Samuel chapter 15, he said to obey is better than sacrifice. 
Most of us would rather spend hours praying instead of walking in obedience. And that is like witchcraft, trying to bend the hand of God. Let me tell you, what you need to do by obeying the word of God cannot be changed by prayers. You can pray from now till kingdom come. Except you make that move, nothing changes. Obedience is at the heart of worship. Pastor told us, he said, worship, the highest form of worship is obedience. What was the, what was the correlating factor, the connecting factor between David and Abraham? They were worshippers. They obeyed God. Abraham believed God and it was accounted for him for righteousness. He hoped against hope. Hallelujah. He trusted God even at the detriment. I mean, if you, if, let's go to Genesis 22. I just want to pick it like that. I want to teach from my spirit. Genesis 22. Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son. Can you imagine your only son Isaac? Whom you love, because what you, don't, what you give to God, if, if it does not cost you something, then it's not worth giving to God. What is worship? Worship is worship. The worth you place on what you're worshiping. The worth. How do you value God? Hallelujah. Yes, let's read on. Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering. Burnt offering means totally, it becomes ashes. God was telling Abraham, take your son, go and burn him. Set him ablaze, burn him to ashes. And what, what, what does that typify? Jesus was our burnt offering. That was why Pilate had to inspect him. He was a lamb without blemish. If you look at Leviticus chapter 1, from verse 1 down, you will see that God requested for the nature of sacrifice that, that you give as burnt offering. Everything, the whole. I was, and at this point, something hit me. I said, is that why God will give us beauty for ashes? Is that why God, because by the time you present your ashes, the offering, the everything to God, then he has to respond by giving you beauty. That was what hit me. That was the only thing I got as I was reading burnt. I said, just read that scripture again. I read it. I said, what is burnt offering? Then that took me to, he will give you beauty for ashes. I said, God, what is the connecting point? He said, when the offering is burnt to ashes, and I receive it because it's a sweet smelling aroma to God, he has to respond. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Go to the, okay. Burnt offering on the, on the one mountain. No. Okay. On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So that means that the content, the purpose, the location, the, the dimension of worship that you offer to God was determined by God. He was giving Abraham instruction at this point. When you get to the place of worship, this is what you will do. Don't just offer me anything. I want a burnt offering. Let's read on. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the to the place of which God had told him that is faith walking then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw a place far off he located the place and Abraham said to the young man to his young to this his young man say stay here with the donkey does that sound like what Jesus did when he was going to get Semani? He told the apostles to wait. See, there's a point you get to, in, to God in intimacy, in worship, in prayer. That is you and God alone. Pastor was telling us about koinonia. That is the, the, that, that koinonia, that connection. There's a place you get to, it is you and God. Thank God for congregational worship. Thank God for public, even Saul participated in public prayers. But that's not, where, that's not what gives you victory. Your victory does not come from the public dimensions of warfare. It is from secret place of the Most High. When you are alone, 
when those things you have learned, like pastor will teach, and after teaching, then you get home, those situations will confront you. What do you do? This session is for believers, right? So we are looking at application, life application of dimensions of worship. Hallelujah. And Abraham said to his, his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. That was the language of faith. He didn't want, to, he didn't want them to panic. Because it's obvious that there are other articles of worship. But the main article was missing. I remember God said in Romans chapter 12, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You see, every other sacrifice comes to the altar dead. But God wants us to present ourselves willingly, yielding yourself to God on the altar. Everything offered on the altar of sacrifice is no longer yours. Hallelujah. Once you put an offering on the altar of sacrifice, you remove your hand, it's no longer yours. The only thing you do is that you might place your hand on the burnt offering and it will, it will, God will acknowledge that it is for you. You understand what I'm saying? But Abraham took Isaac. So imagine Isaac being today's youth. Because the Bible said that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We're living in those days now. Now, Isaac walks with Abraham. Imagine, let's transfer that situation, that scenario to present day. What do you think will happen? Is it the one that will be pressing his phone? Checking the internet? It's, 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 the guy is wired differently. But Isaac followed the father. But at the stage, he had to ask questions. He said, the wood and the, every other thing, where is the, where is the ram? Because it was not, it had not dawned on him. Hallelujah. It had not dawned on him. When it was not done, in reality was coming upon him, he asked that question. Hallelujah. But I want you to notice one thing. That in worship, there are four key elements involved. Number one is revelation. You don't worship a God you don't know. You can't worship a God you don't know. When Paul, when Paul was talking in Acts chapter 17, he said, to the unknown God. You worship a God you don't know. You can't love who you don't know, my friend. And he said, thou shalt love thy Lord, thy God, with all your heart. And you don't know him. Hallelujah. Number one is revelation. Number two, faith. He that must come to God must believe that he is. And that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. If you are coming to God, you must believe that he is. That means your faith must be alive. Your faith must be alive. Worship is a work of faith, my friend. You notice that Abraham, there was, there was no music there. The first time worship was ever used in the Bible, there was nothing concerning music. Some of us went to wait for music before we can worship God. Abraham did not wait for music. His music was the word of God. So he took Isaac. Number one, revelation. Number two, faith. Number three, expectation. Bible tells me that your expectation will not be cut off. You don't come to the presence of God without an expectation. Most of us do it. You just come in, you just come in casually. You prepare. God, I'm coming to worship you. I'm coming to pray. Lord, these are my expectations. I want to meet with you. This topic is so broad that there's no way I can cover everything. I just took an aspect. Number three, expectation. Number four, relationship. Jesus said, when you want to pray, he said, our father. There must be a father-son relationship. Because if there's no relationship, there's no connection. So Abraham took Isaac, took the wood of the bond offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. <laughs> By this moment, the present youth would have, escaped, it would have taken off. 
But my Bible tells me that you must present yourself as a living sacrifice. That was what was happening there. Isaac did not struggle. Most of us struggle with God. Before we finally obey God, and time would have passed. God's, God, when God gives a command, he requires prompt obedience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when I was studying overnight, you know, I, the whole thing was so cluttered. I, want, I said, God, where do you want me to start from? I can't, where do you want me to start? I know my wife would come in and peep and say, how are you doing? I, has God? He said, have you found anything? I said, no. <laughs> I know when... <laughs> but in the midst of all that, I knew God was telling me, feed your spirit. When you come here, you will speak. I just decided to study, just to look at everything and grab every other thing and put in my spirit and begin to download. Hallelujah. So Abraham took the knife. You see, God that said thou shalt not kill cannot command somebody to kill his son. Do you understand what I'm saying? But in the dispensation of grace... Motive equals action. You know, Pastor was telling us if you hate your brother, you have already you're a murderer. So I, the moment Abraham lifted that knife, it is done. God asks, receives it as done, and Abraham. God now told him, "Look around. There's a ram caught in the ticket, and that's what the that was what was sacrificed. Hallelujah." Hallelujah. I hope I'm communicating. Second Second Timothy chapter three. From verse 1 to 6. He said, but know this. That in the last days. And you know that we're in the last days. Perilous times shall, will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. You, you see the level of ingratitude that is in the atmosphere. People just have this. Uh, this mentality that they have a right to whatever you're giving them. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving, they are slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Next verse. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure. Do you see the rate of, see the pleasure industry is booming in these last days. Leisure. People just love to, people just love pleasure. Hallelujah. People just love pleasure. They are dancing away. People are watching different programs all about pleasure. And he said they, will not, they don't love God. Why? Because iniquity shall abound and the love of many will wax cold. Where does the presence of God come in? Hallelujah. In 2017, Brother Wale knows about this case. My landlord from nowhere I never owed him. Not, he just said, you have to leave my house. And gave me a deadline. I told Brother Wally. I showed him the letter. He said, he doesn't have a right to do that. So as the deadline was approaching, I'm human too. I began to ask God. You know, it's not that we, we had not located a place. And, you know, and in the midst of all that, I had a major accident. I was driving around the Kedja and somebody with a bike ran into the car. The guy flew over. By the time he landed on the ground, the two legs were, were bent, broken. My car was damaged, the windscreen broken. I was, I was, I said, God, what is going on? 
we're looking for a house. This is November. The deadline is November. And November, this thing is happening. The two legs were broken. We carried, I carried the guy in my car. Went and I had to pay for his treatment. But that's not the interesting part of the gist. In the midst of all that, after looking around, looking around, we became estate surveyors by force. Then one week, God said, praise me throughout this week. Don't pray, just praise. So our prayer meeting in the house became praise session. We just gather, we praise God, we thank God. That week, where we're living now showed up. From nowhere, it just showed up. God, God made it by November 30th. We left that house. By December 1, I was sleeping in another house. Why? The power of God's presence. I'm talking of practicalities. When you're confronted with situations that are difficult and you don't know what to do. It's not everything that you tell people. There are some things we go through, but you, might not, you can't share with everybody. You share with God and those that know about it. And then you keep giving God the sacrifice of praise. Because praise is a sacrifice. It must cost you something. Hallelujah. There's power in praise. There's power in the presence. When you praise God, God comes into your situation. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. God shows up. And then he takes you. Through worship, he takes you to see the invisible. To hear the inaudible. To show you those things that I have not seen. ear have not heard. God begins to give you revelations. The Bible said the secret of the Lord. I want to read that scripture in a message. This, the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. I think that's the last scripture I'll read because time is gone. Psalm 25 verse 14. Because worship gives us access to divine secrets. Worship. You know, when David said, and the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool." David was seeing the invisible. David was seeing things that people around him could not see. Yeah. Look at this scripture. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear. But look at what he says here. God friendship is for God worshippers. They are the ones he confides in. That's why God is, man is looking to worship God. God is looking for worshipers. You know, that was where I concluded last night. The irony of it all is that man, while man is looking to worship God, God is looking for man as a worshiper. Those that would pray blaze the end time move of God are worshipers. They are the ones that will access. Because what is our purpose on earth? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. We are the kingdom enforcers. We are the enforcers of God's kingdom on planet earth. Worshippers are the end time pioneers of God's move. So how many worshippers do we have in the house? Because you don't just think that you come to sing. There's power in worship. There's power in the presence of God. I would have gone to the, the, the dimension of Jehoshaphat. Where he fought a battle. All he sang was the Lord is good. And his mercies endure it forever. That was where we got to, to worship on Wednesday. And I said, if you know the power of what you're singing, you will not sing it this way. Let's rise to our feet. You are good and your mercy is forever. Hallelujah. Everybody sing. You are good, yes. You are good. And your mercy is forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
enemies your footstool. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. I want you to lift your voice and say, Lord, whatever enemies are confronting this nation, Lord, confound them. God, destabilize them. Let's lift up our voice. Let's just worship God and say, God, on behalf of this nation, Pastor was talking of the blind leading those that are seen. What has conditioned us to this point? Lord, show yourself mighty on our behalf. Hear our cry and deliver us, O God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.